Welcome to Miscellaneous Sports Mondays. It's a brand new podcast where two college students discuss all things that have happened over the sports world in the past week and or weekend. Uh, my name is Ryan. And I'm Chris. And yes, we all are aware that this podcast is going up late on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> so most of you will be listening to us on a Wednesday or possibly later. But uh, we just thought that we'd get our first episode out as soon as possible uh, before we start to hit our rel- our uh, consistent upload schedule. We hope to get it to you on Mondays. Um, maybe we'll even change the name if we can't get it to you on Mondays. But Chris, it's a brand new venture. Of course, uh, you can listen to us talk about things in our hometown of Pittsburgh by listening to the Pittsburgh Sports Cast, um, which goes up as of now irregularly, but uh, once Pittsburgh Sports start back up, of course the Penguins are kicking it off in August, and by that time the Steelers training camp and preseason will hopefully be well underway. We should be getting up to you three times a week, but Chris, how do you feel on this new podcast? I'm excited. And I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. So uh, the first thing and really one of the only things that has been happening over the past uh, week slash weekend is the glorious return of the English Premier League. Uh, Of course, it was very awesome to see some English soccer once again, albeit in empty stadiums. But hey, sports without fans is better than no sports at all. Amen to that. Indeed. So, uh, your thoughts, Chris, on just the first match week? Some teams played two matches, but most of them have just played one. Yeah, I, I think, um, I you know, we can take this in many different directions. Um, I think Man City looked really, really good in both their games. Um, is like, they have no rust. Like, a lot of teams on this first match week, last weekend, have, you know, have had rust and had slow starts. But Man City's is rolling through people. I mean, they've scored, um, what, 8-0? Eight, eight, eight uh, yeah. They beat Arsenal 3-0 and then beat Burnley 5-0 yesterday. Yeah. Um, so, Man City's on fire. Uh, United had a good game. Um, as a United fan, I, I definitely pay close attention to that and you know the Manchester United game I don't know if you saw any any of it um I thought United had a really good first 20 to 25 minutes um I thought you know they they control possession they created uh, a couple opportunities I know Rash Rashi had an opportunity in like the 22nd minute that was saved by by Lloris um and then Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire, maybe the slowest defender in the Premier League. It is unbelievable. All it was was a long ball, kind of got deflected, you know, bouncing around the midfield a little bit, and then I forget, forgive me, I forget who the uh, Spurs player was, but he legit just ran right by him. Like Harry Maguire, <laughs> what what are you doing? What are you doing? 
I mean, Harry Maguire, God love him. He he is fantastic aerially for like corners and free kicks and things like that. He wins a lot of headers and he's tall. And he's really good at getting the ball, you know, from the defense to, to the midfield. He's really good at that. But when it comes to one-on-one defending, he is horrendous. Horrendous. I mean, it wasn't like a complicated, like Lionel Messi move. The dude ran to the left and then he ran to the right. And Maguire got turned around and nearly fell down. And it was like, come on, Harry Maguire, please be better. Um, and then De Gea on, on that first, on the Spurs goal, I think needs to be doing better as well. I understand there was a shot with pace, and yes, Maguire should have done infinitely better. Um, but I think, uh, I think De Gea has to do better too. Um, that was, it was right at him. I know it was, it was with pace, but I think he, as a world-class goalkeeper as Stabber De Gea is, you, you have to stop that. Uh, your team needs to save. United had been dominating uh, in the beginning of the game, and we needed to keep momentum going, and we really had Spurs on our heels, and that goal killed it. And then from, like, I think Spurs score, scored on the 25th minute, and then from, like, the 25th minute to, like, the 60th minute, um, it was all Spurs. Spurs created. Spurs had possession. Spurs were... They were very compact defensively, which, as we know, is just how Jose Mourinho uh, plays his football, right? Um, so they're very compact. They're, they're very difficult um, um, to break down. And I think Spurs, from like that, from when they scored to about the 60th minute, so about 40 minutes, really controlled the game. And then uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer made it. I think was a huge substitution. I think he made it late. I think the sub could have been made early. But um, but uh, he he put in Paul Pogba and had a midfield of Pogba Fernandez, and I think there's been a lot of sec- uh, speculation in like the United fan base. You know, can Pogba and Fernandez work, right? And we only saw a half hour Pogba Fernandez, but it worked. And uh, Pogba ultimately won a penalty, which Fernandez um, converts. Uh, you know, we the game ends in a draw. I, I think that midfield of Pogba Fernandez is something that can really be explored um, by Oli. And I think um, I think as as United fans, which potentially 16 remaining games, the nine in the Premier League, and then depending on what we do in the FA Cup and the um, Europa League, we could be playing 16 games. So we're gonna need depth. I think we have a lot of games to toy around with that Fernandez Pogba midfield. Uh, for sure. What are your thoughts? I don't know if you saw the game or not. Well, uh, I, I, I was kind of paying attention to that game, and I mostly agree with your points. It was really uh, exciting to see that Pogba-Bruno link up that has been highly hyped for some time. Um, because of injuries and, and uh, other complications, this was the first time they were able to share the pitch. So I think United fans should be happy with that. And uh, obviously making the impact immediately, the dynamic duo, uh, of course, like you mentioned, Pogba winning the penalty, which Bruno converts. Um, honestly, I think United should uh, 
should be a bit disappointed that they didn't take all three points, especially considering uh, uh, my club Chelsea were able to beat Aston Villa and uh, pull away from them in the uh, race for the top four, uh, which could be a race for the top five, depending on next month's uh, appeal results with Manchester City and their financial fair play. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think it was a game United needed to win, honestly. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think, especially especially the way we played in the first like 20, 25 minutes for Harry Maguire decided to forget how to defend. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with because it's so tight. I don't know if you if you could pull out the the English Premier League standings, but because I know Wolves won, and we can get in kind of their game game later. Because I know Wolves won, Sheffield United. I don't think they they won, but I think they picked up a point. Oh, you're right, because they got robbed. They didn't win. They did pick up a point, right. but they got robbed of that goal. And then Chelsea won. Spurs won today. Um, so that that top four or five is is tight, and Leicester dropped more points. Um, in their draw against Brighton today. Indeed, they did. Nil, nil, nil. Uh, not too many chances. It was no. on the anticlimactic side of things. Leicester really... St- I mean, Leicester had a lot of possession today, but they really struggled in the final third. Kind they of, really kind of reminds me of uh, the Chelsea game. Uh, of course, Chelsea is uh, the club that I support. Uh, they played uh, Aston Villa, as we already said. Um, yes, uh, they, of course, dominated possession, um, holding uh, <laughs> anywhere between 75-80% pos- possession, which would be expected against uh, clubs currently slated for relegation. Uh, they are currently 19th. Uh, but I feel that, you know, generally watching the game, uh, crosses into the box particularly... Uh, were severely uh, left a lot to be desired uh, in terms of uh, crosses in the final third. It just seemed like the game consisted of Chelsea attacking and then firing an errant cross into the box, which was either uh, behind for a goal kick or easily headed away by a defender. Um... And then ultimately, that cost Chelsea as against the run of play, Aston Villa bagged a goal at the end of the first half. But then coming into the second half, uh, Frank Lampard was able to make a couple changes that kind of changed the game a bit. He put on, uh, uh, obviously, uh, my favorite player, the American Christian Pulisic, who scored within two or three minutes of coming on. And then he also put on Ross Barkley, uh, Ross Barkley has been the subject of a lot of hate amongst the... I won't say hate, but um, not a lot of Chelsea fans have particularly been a fan of his. Um, they claim that they have better midfielders, but I really think he impressed in his substitute appearance. Didn't bag a goal or assist, but, you know, he was all over the place just really making an impact out there and then of course they get a bit of a break uh two minutes after they scored 
uh, the equalizer from Pulisic. Uh, Olivier Giroud, uh, the former Arsenal man, uh, pockets one off a deflection, and then Chelsea are able to take that 2-1 victory. Uh, but yeah, going back on what you were saying about United's lack of finishing in the final third, in, in uh, Chelsea's case, it was lack of that final pass that led to the finish. Uh, well, it seemed like for the Chelsea game, right, you guys had a lot of possession, but it, it seemed like you couldn't do anything with it. Exactly. Kind of like before, you know, I think I think Lampard killed the substitutions, but before the substitutions, I think it was a lot of passing, but no intent. Like, they had the ball, they dominated the ball, but like you said, you know, they would pass the ball around, not really do much, and then a lack, lackadaisical cross. Exactly. And then um, Villa would just deal with it and punt it the other way, and then Chelsea <laughs> would come back again, pass the ball a couple more times, not figure out how to pass the ball, like, straight. It's all, like, side-to-side <laughs> passing, right? Not a lot of, like, through the center. And then again, another lackadaisical cross that, that Villa dealt with. And it, like, yeah, a lot of possession, just not not a lot of intent with it. Indeed. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, uh, I think uh, particularly in the first half, uh, Cesar Aspedicueta was particularly the subject of the errant crosses, but he redeemed himself in the second half. He assisted both the goals. So the captain was able to redeem himself there and thus Chelsea currently sit four points behind Leicester City for third place uh, with a match in hand and uh, five points clear of Man United for fifth as well as Wolves who sit sixth on goal difference behind the Red Devils of Manchester United and uh, don't sleep on Tottenham either of course they did already just play their uh, 31st match, uh, but they did get that victory, so. But you guys have a tough next two games. You have uh, Leicester City, City and Man City. City. Yeah. I mean, those it's... are not easy games, my dude. Yep. It's 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 going to be tough, um, but I think, I think they got a good start also. Um, United dropping points and of course um, Arsenal completely collapsing right now. Oh, let's talk about Arsenal, please. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't, we don't have our Arsenal expert Kyle with us but um, let's, let's talk about Arsenal. What is wrong with them? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, uh, I was watching that Brighton game I was just like on the one hand it was disbelief on the other hand it was just silent laughter because of course the Arsenal thing to do give up that late winner it's it's the club's in chaos right now um I, I think I think there's no denying that 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 club's just in, in a disaster state. I mean, their form wasn't fantastic going into Corona, right? Oh, no. And then you come out, and they that if we were, 
I was ranting about Harry Maguire earlier and and his ineptitude. What was David Luiz doing <laughs> against Manchester City? I mean, I was watching that game, right? Arsenal, you know, just a little recap. Arsenal played well for maybe 10 minutes. Maybe 10 minutes. And then Man City dominated them for the next 85. Um, but, like, I understand David Luiz wasn't in the starting line- lineup and had to come in due to injury. But a Brazilian national team defender who's been in many World Cups comes in and doesn't know how to play a ball off the bounce and it bounces directly to Raheem Sterling who blows it by Leno and then he, he gets himself sent off because he um, commits a penalty and gets a red card for stopping a, um, a what's the name like a uh, goal scoring opportunity Dog um, just pull, pull them down and and it's an awful 15 minutes from David Luiz, and then Arsenal crumble because they're down 10 men. Um, and then, like you said, with the Brighton game, I mean, they had good, good run, run, run of play, but like, like Brighton had won a game in 2020. Like, let that sink in. <laughs> I understand they were off for three months, but they played for three months because June's the sixth month. So if you're off three months, that means you had to play three months. So Brighton had played three months in 2020 and had not won a game. And then they played Arsenal, who is a supposed big six team. And then do a double on them because they beat Brighton. I mean, Brighton beat Arsenal early in the season. So Arsenal lost twice to Brighton. Let that sink in, please. Arsenal lost twice to Brighton. Um, And you look at the state of the club. Like, what? I I not even world class, but what like upper echelon class player wants to go to Arsenal? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like people like Arsenal need players. Arsenal Arsenal need players. They do, but like, I'll pose this question to you: If you're a, a footballer. And you're offered the same exact wages, the same exact contract by Leicester City and by Arsenal. Who do you go to? Um, I think if you're obviously this this is only if you're a neutral. If obviously for those of you who for if you grew up in the red area of London, then you would obviously want to be an Arsenal man. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, players dream of playing in Europe. Um, and even if it's not with a big six club, uh, Leicester City, in all likelihood, unless unless they suffer a total collapse, um, uh, plus the Man City ban, um, if that gets overturned and it's just top four, uh, then they wouldn't. But Arsenal wouldn't even Arsenal wouldn't even be in Europa League. They're no, gonna they're, not. they're gonna be stuck playing in they're gonna be stuck with only the FA Cup to play for essentially because there's no way they're gonna take the title home at all so that's their only shot at a trophy EPL FA Cup EFL Cup but who cares about that it's just it's it's really frustrating because 
Uh, like you said, they're supposedly big six, and they're in jeopardy of finishing bottom half of the league. I don't remember I mean, the last time that's happened. I, I honestly am beginning to question if Arsenal is truly big six anymore. Um, have they been replaced by Leicester? Um, and that and that's something that I'm really contemplating. Um, because if you go, I know you're relatively new to the game. Oh yeah. But like, Arsenal has has been struggling for a long, long time. This isn't like oh 2020, 2019, 2020. Arsenal just have, have forgotten how to play. Ever since the, the end of Arsene Wenger, um, in his reign as Arsenal manager, they have really, really gone downhill. And they're not playing attractive football. They're not playing winning football. Um, and like, if you look at Leicester, you know, Leicester's won the league, what, right? They won in 2015. Can't remember the last time Arsenal's won the league. Um, you know, like you said, Leicester's in a prime position as long as they don't collapse to get Champions League football. Arsenal isn't even in Europe as a whole. Like, not even making Europa League. No, no Europe. Um, Leicester has been competitive since 2015. Arsenal, like I said, has has Arsenal been competitive? I mean, I I don't think they have. Um, I think they've made Europa League like four straight years. Like, congratulations. Like, you're Arsenal. You're supposed to be doing better. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the same team, you know, years ago that they had the Invincibles, right? That Arsenal used to be this juggernaut. And now, since what, like, you know, I want to say 2012, 2013, you know, they've just gone downhill. And then you see a, a team like Leicester, who's increasing pay rate, payroll, right? Increasing their revenue, have star players such as Vardy and some other players. They can develop the youth, right? And you look at Leicester, you look at Arsenal. Yes, Arsenal has all the history, but man, but Leicester's. I, I'm equating Arsenal again. You're new to the game, but but oh, yes. Newcastle. Back in like the 80s and the 90s and the early two, 2000s, man, Newcastle was as good as anyone. You know, yeah. um, could be getting back there with the Saudi ownership, of course. We could, yeah, we could talk about that later. <laughs> um, but they were good, and then I, I forget their manager at the time. Um, but uh, True Jordy was talking about this on his podcast, and I was listening to that today. Where, so his, whatever that manager was, and forgive me for, I forget his name, like, he came fourth place his first season, third place his second season, fifth place his third season, and then was fired. And then Newcastle has never been back. (laughs) Now, someone like you who's new to the game, right, Newcastle means nothing to you. Newcastle is nothing but a mid-table team. Yeah, there were many people thought they were going down this year. Right. You know, but back in the 90s, they were challenging for titles. They were winning FA Cups, right? They were constantly in Europe, constantly in that top four. And, And ever since, again, I forget that manager, but whenever he was fired, Newcastle never returned to glory. 
Newcastle's been relegated since then multiple times. And and that's just kind of what Newcastle is now. They're just a low mid-table team that no one really fears. And I'm afraid Arsenal is in for a similar fate. That Arsenal was this once great invincible team challenging for Europe, challenging for the Premier League, challenging for FA Cups. And now we may see them only just be a mid-table team that no one really fears anymore, much like what happened in Newcastle United back in the 90s. So that brings the next question. Uh, Does a team like Leicester or a team like Newcastle with their new Saudi ownership, uh, do they join uh, the rest and remain as the big six or is it just the big five now uh does does another team step up yeah i I don't know right because there's there's a lot with this right because lester has definitely um had had recent success right but the history is not there newcastle's history as kind of mentioned in my last you know rant their history has been there, but they have a new owner, but they're unproven. They're unproven, right? And I think in today's modern culture of everyone jumping to, to conclusions, right? I think it's very easy to jump to, okay, the Saudi, Saudi billionaire, he's going to get killing Mbappe. <laughs> okay, why? I understand that he has a lot of money, but if you're killing Mbappe, wouldn't you much rather go to Real Madrid? Um, or Barcelona? Or, or, or like that? Would Killian really come to England to play for an unproven Newcastle team just because they have a lot of money? Yes, Newcastle's going to have a lot of spending money per se, but the winning reputation isn't there. So they're going to have to build you know, a couple winning seasons before they can, like, really, in my opinion, go into, like, that top six constantly competing for the Premier League title um, this season or in future seasons. Yeah, that's, plus you also have to take into consideration um, what is going to happen to Man City if this uh, ban does not get overturned, if this ban gets upheld and they're banned from Europe for two years. Uh is uh, Sheikh Mansour gonna continue to own the team? Is uh, are they going to become the next Arsenal and fall back to their previous ways of mid-table, sometimes even uh, relegation to the championship? Uh, I believe I believe they have been as far down as League One um, in the 80s and 90s. Uh, back when they were known as the little brother to Manchester United. Uh, so, you know, that's another club that could potentially fall off of, fall out of glory. So you never know. Yeah, but I think Man City's a little different because they've, they've had recent success, right? Now, I don't. in theory could happen I don't necessarily envision every single Manchester City player leaving Um, you know and I think they got young guns like Phil Foden right Um, who had a monster game against Burnley and even like if a De Bruyne leaves and like an Aguero who's even on like Torres ACL or something um, against Burnley 
even if like they leave, uh, I think they have enough money to withstand it. Um, I think they have enough of that like early winning reputation not to like completely collapse like an Arsenal is actively doing right now. Fair enough. Of course, there's also the question if the FA will investigate and if you know some people say they they'll get relegated to Elite Two. I mean, I don't think the FA will go that far. But nah, I don't think they will either. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah. So uh, moving on, then uh, I guess uh, Chris, you kind of said you wanted to talk about wolves. Yeah. So let's talk about wolves. Wolves can't say them um (laughs) yeah i i think i think they can give man united and chelsea because as we say chelsea have two losable games they have man city who's destroying everything in front of them and they have leicester who again struggled in the final third today but they're still third place they still have quality in vardy and in madison and some of them, those guys. So you have two losable games in front of you. So even if you know you're a Chelsea fan, I don't think you're out the window quite yet. Um, Wolves are playing fantastic football, um, and they're just not afraid of anyone. And they beat Man City twice um, this season. Uh, I just, Adam Traore comes off the bench and gives he, he's a super sub he comes off a bench and instantly kind of like Chelsea with Pulisic right Wolves were playing I believe was West Ham West Ham's kind of ba- battling relegation Wolves you know had possession they created a few chances but nothing spectacular and then Traore comes on and it's like boom two goals and like he, he j- he's fast he's strong he he can pick a pass. He's just a instant injection into that Wolves team. And a team that looked like was going to drop points against West Ham. They score twice. They're even with United. And like I said, they with um, Neves as their manager. Um, man, they're just not afraid of anyone. And like I said... They beat Man City twice, and I think they think, which is scary, because I think they true that team truly believes that they can get Europe this year, and they got you know more playmakers like uh, Raúl Jiménez, who's uh, a Mexican national, Warriors. who you know who's rumored to be good enough to play for like uh, Juventus and, and some of those uh, teams. Like he's just a talented player. Um, they, they just have this belief, like this never say die attitude that they can beat anyone. I believe they even beat United twice, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think they beat us twice. At least once. I don't know about that. I know they beat us once because I was very mad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and like, and even with Chelsea's five points up, but you lose both those games to like Leicester and, and City. Dude, Wolves are right there hunting you down, too. Um, so I think Wolves is, is a team to... I don't want to say to be feared, but people need to have to have their eyes on, on Wolves. Because Wolves can, can be dangerous. 
Yeah, I, def- I definitely think, obviously, the surprise to many, uh, Raul Jimenez, um, candidate, uh, candidate for the golden boot, honestly. If Jamie Vardy maybe falls off a bit. But, yeah, I definitely think uh, we definitely have some losable games. Uh, maybe they could even, maybe they could uh, leapfrog United as well. Um, yeah, I could see them grabbing fourth, so, which would ensure them uh, qualification for Europe, regardless of the city appeal. Uh, but, yeah, because they got, looking at, they got Bournemouth tomorrow. They got Villa after that, and then they got Arsenal, of course. This We talked about how they're big six, but they haven't been themselves. Uh, really, the they other than that, the only big six team that they've left to play are uh, Chelsea in the last match of the season on July 26th. That could be a really, really big match for... Uh, Oh, that that's that's a true definition of a six pointer if Europe is still in question for both teams. So really looking forward to the end of the season and And don't forget goes. Sheffield United. I mean they're not far away. They play oh, yeah. us tomorrow. So if like by some miracle and I hope this doesn't happen, but if Sheffield like decides to win, you know, and they win three points, like they're in the mix too. Yeah, obviously they got robbed against Aston Villa in the very first match back, of course. Not even one half into the return, and already we were seeing complaints about VAR and uh, the goal line technology, or in this case, the lack thereof. Yeah, lack thereof. (laughs) I don't know how... how, I don't know how they missed that. I know, like... Why, like, they said it wasn't working. Like, why would that be the one point in the match where it doesn't work? And why can't you, why can't you even use, like, even then VAR, like, the video was very clear that the ball crossed the line. So, I'm not sure why they did not award them a goal. It's really frustrating if you're a Sheffield United fan. Um... Obviously a good break for Villa, who needed that point uh, as they fight to escape relegation. Uh, but I think that really puts a dent in Sheffield United's chances at Europe. How far were they? Uh, let me go back to the table real quick. I was looking at Wolves' schedule. Uh, but yeah, I do believe... I don't believe any team has leapfrogged them. Uh, no, or yes, uh, Spurs actually did, but they do have a match in hand against Spurs. Uh, they got 44 points. So that is unfortunately seven points back of Chelsea in fourth place. But if top five go, they're only two points behind you guys. So you never know. Tottenham still in it, obviously, as we said. Uh, Sheffield United, Wolves. It's going to be a very exciting last uh, eight to seven match days of the season, depending on 
who you are. Really riveting stuff. Unfortunately, the race for the title won't be too big this year. Yeah, Liverpool's got that wrapped up pretty, pretty well. Obviously, they kind of looked a bit sluggish in the Merseyside Derby. Um, just their, just the third match all season in which they did not win, which speaks to how impressive their campaign has been. Obviously, they drew with Manchester United, and that famous one every other game. Uh, that would be really funny if Watford go down, and that's the one team they lost to. Um, yes, Liverpool locking it up. Jurgen Klopp's been doing a phenomenal job there with his guys. Um, out of the Champions League, but obviously they won it a year ago. And did they lose by a point last season, or was it goal difference? I think it was by a point. Yeah, lost by a point to Man City on the final day. Yeah. They Which got the I mean, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I don't know what else you can say about Liverpool. They've outclassed the entire league, and they deserve. And it hurts to say as a United fan, but they deserve to win. I mean, they've earned it. They really have. Yes, indeed. Indeed, they did earn it. Um. Yep. Liverpool, props to them. Also, props to Atletico for knocking them out of the Champions League. Yes, we can always <laughs> be happy about that. <laughs> yes, we can take solace in the fact that they're not going to be repeat champions yet again um, this season. But yeah, that that should be another another exciting thing too. Of course, that doesn't happen until August. But the Champions League in the altered format. Um, yeah. After the second legs of the round of 16 have been played. The remaining fixtures will be uh, one-off knockout round games in Lisbon, I believe. So that should be really fun to watch. And uh, Chelsea's been bounced from Champions League, correct? Uh, all, all but a formality at this point. They lost the first leg at home 3-0 to Bayern Munich, who have just wrapped up their eighth consecutive Bundesliga title this weekend. Really frustrating for the other 17 teams um, <laughs> and anybody else in the Bundesliga. Uh, eight straight. I mean, I know it's Bayern Munich, but that, you know, that kind of dominance is still really impressive. I mean, if you look at what Bill Russell and the Boston Celtics did back in the 60s, and there were how many? There were barely any teams in the NBA back then. Winning eight titles was still, nonetheless, a very, very impressive achievement, and that is like unlikely to ever be matched in America. Kind of like um, the Canadians in, in um, NHL hockey back in the 70s when they won it like eight times. <laughs> but they were, they were. Well, they were only like six NHL teams or something. So, yep. The eighth consecutive Bundesliga title for Bayern Munich. Uh, I do believe top four in the Bundesliga has also been wrapped up. There's one match they left in that regard. So, it'll mostly be second choice players and young guys trying to prove their worth, trying to break into the first team for next season. 
And then so, what? Uh, I think that just about does it on the football coverage. We'll move on now. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, PGA Tour. Of course, the uh, RBC Heritage happened uh, this past weekend at Harbortown Golf Links, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Uh, very high scoring. Uh, the tournament was won by Webb Simpson. Um, there was also a lot of a uh, bit of a pomp and circumstance and a bit of drama. Uh, the week leading up to it, uh, there were reports that Tiger Woods' yacht was on its way to South Carolina. So many people thought that he would be participating in the tournament. But then time came to register and his name was not on the list. So that was a bit of a much ado about nothing scenario. But nevertheless, it was a really good tournament. Uh, Webb Simpson was just too much. He had pulled away. Uh, it was a very tight tightly packed field uh there were how many players in contention but then of course simpson made several key birdies down the stretch yeah um at a wedding this weekend so i did not see a lot of pga tour golf um and if memory serves me correctly there wasn't a lot of big name stars in the field, correct? Uh, not really. Um, certainly, uh, not underwhelming compared to a week ago. And what's coming up this week? Ten out of the, uh, the top eleven are there. Yes, that should be a very exciting tournament. Uh, this week. I'm looking okay. forward to that. Yeah, really excited to see that. Um, uh, but yeah, obviously. The talk of the tour is currently uh, Bryson DeChambeau and the work he has done over the quarantine period to Dude, bulk up. He is so jacked. It's insane. He's driving the ball 50 yards past everybody. It's it, it's it's such a change in like you know such a drastic change because he's obviously he has a background in what engineering, if I'm correct. Yeah. So he's very analytical. No, no, and, I think it's physics. Yeah, physics. So he's very analytical and he's very scientific in his approach to golf. Uh, and that's how he was able to gain his competitive advantage. Um, of course, now he still has that analytical mindset, but he also drives the ball even past the likes of DJ, Bubba, uh, Rory, the, the guys you would typically look at as big hitters. He's, he's out driving them, too. Uh, obviously, bulked up Bryson has been uh, trending across social media. Uh, many people seem to like this newfound... Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, this newfound, I won't, I won't say persona, but style of Bryson. He was towards the top of the leaderboard past few tournaments hasn't broken through and won one yet but i'm sure he will soon is he in this field um uh, this week's field i maybe let me look that up yes he is he's in the travelers so yet another tournament by bryson that's the other thing uh he's playing in pretty much every tournament i don't think he's missed one yet 
Did he play this weekend too? I mean, last weekend? I do believe he did. This didn't do well? Huh? Maybe he didn't. I could've... I could've remembered. But, yeah, Bryson DeChambeau taking the world by storm. Really exciting player. Uh, he... He did, uh... He did, uh, end up... He did play in that, uh, RBC Heritage. Um, trying to figure out what he... What his finish was. Uh, currently... He's currently number 11 in the World Golf Rankings, so... I'm sure well, he's... Uh, I'm sure he's climbing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yes, he is all set for the Travelers Championship. And... He should be a really, really great tournament this week. I'm psyched. I am too. I think so, it's going to be a great, great week of football here. Great week of golf. We're getting baseball back. Yeah, we, we, haven't, we haven't even talked about that. Um, if you want to hear about baseball coming back, uh, tune in to the Pittsburgh Sportscast. We'll be talking about that uh, tomorrow, right, Chris? Yes. Yep, uh, but the Pittsburgh Sportscast, which is our other podcast, if you're a fan of the Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, and or Panthers, uh, make sure to check us out. We're on uh, virtually every uh, podcasting network, Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, Radio Public, Anchor, any podcast, anywhere you find your podcast, you'll find not only the Pittsburgh Sportscast, but uh, us here at Miscellaneous Sports Mondays. Um, yeah, check us out wherever you can find your podcasts. Uh, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions or anything you want to let us know, make sure to email us. You can find us at M-I-S-C Sports Mondays at gmail.com. We hope to see you again next week. In the meantime, I'm Ryan. And I'm Chris. And we will see you next week on Miscellaneous Sports Mondays. Thank you for listening, everybody.